Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode number 140. That is 140 of your favorite DMV sports podcast. We are Wings, Beers, and Tears. 140 episodes, Jerry. How how have we managed? How have we toiled for so long? I mean, we are loved by women and feared by men. <laughs> Just basically with our knowledge of sports. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I got to tell you, we're, we're, we're a hell of a listen. <laughs> you know, so if you have downloaded our podcast, we appreciate it. If you have not, please do so. Listen to us each week or every other week, depending on, you know, what kind of mood we're in and how the DMV sports landscape kind of, uh, you know, hashes out. Um, so the holidays are upon us. Uh, we got lots to talk about, and we're going to dive right into it. So tonight we're going to hit the Caps, who might actually be a decent team. Uh, we'll talk about them a little bit. Um, we'll talk some more commanders who are trending in the right direction if you want a good draft pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, Divergent is the uh, Baltimore Ravens organization that is going in the right direction if you like winning teams. Yeah. Uh, they locked up a, uh, uh, the, a playoff spot already. Um, and then we'll finish it off with some more uh, college talk as we hit bowl season and um, the Big Ten play starts to ramp up for your uh, hometown Terps. So here we go. Washington Capitals first on the agenda. An interesting little three-game road trip they just went on. Um, and it was 1-1-1 one, one, and one is how it all shook out. Um, thankfully, they got the, uh, uh, the win last night in Carolina. That was a tough little road trip they just went on, Jerry. Um, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised they went one, one and one on that, on that bad boy. What do yeah, you think? I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I did not expect to win last night. I didn't either. Um, and the, uh, the loss to, to Nashville was a little disappointing, but the, the shootout win, I'm sorry, the shootout loss, but you're getting at Philly, at Nashville, at Carolina to get three, uh, three points out of those, um, I thought was pretty good. I was Absolutely. hoping they could, uh, get uh, another point at Nashville, but, um, you know, overall 15, nine and four, uh, fifth in the Met metropolitan. Uh, but they seem to be competing and maybe found a little bit of gel. Obviously Ovechkin's gone 13 games without scoring. That's the longest he's ever gone. I mean, it's, it's starting to turn into a, the, the elephant in the room right now for me. Um, well, I'm kind of hoping he just gets like an empty netter or something just to get the groove. It's funny you bring that up. They haven't had many empty net opportunities. The no, games yeah. they're winning are going down to the wire, and they're either winning in overtime or shootouts, or they're one-goal games late. Um, <clears throat> I'm with you. I'd love a nice 4-2 lead late in the third and have them pull the goalie early, you know, trying to get two goals back. Right. Get, have them get one, and then, you know, they need, right now, what, what is it, 15-9-4? and four? Is that what you said the record is? They're 15-9-4. and four. They have 34 points. Uh Philly's second and has 37, so that shows but you how we've close got, they are. But we've got three games in hand. We have Philly. three games in hand. So we have No, we have two games in hand in Philly and three on Carolina. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, I am, I am pleasantly surprised with how consistent they've been at this, to this stage now in the season. Um, but I will caution hardcore Caps fans that think that they're going to be a playoff team again. They're one of the only teams right now. I think they might be the only team in the NHL to be in a current playoff position, and they have a negative goal differential. That's true. That's That's not a great sign. Not a great sign. However, there are a few blowout losses earlier in the season that are adversely affecting that, and this team does not score goals with regularity anymore. Right. You know, it's kind of an odd... It reminds me of the first year under Trotz when... You know, they were playing a lot of games, 2-1, 3-2. Goalies were playing really well. And it was almost a, a, a tad boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
they're doing it in a different fashion. The, the, the style of play is different, but the results are there. They're just going to have to grind out ugly wins, but it seems like this team has kind of bought into Carberry's system with that. Um, and I quite like his little post-game things that the Washington Capitals put up on their Instagram feed. Um, the guys really seem to like him in the locker Look, room. I, I, think he was, I think he's proven so far, so far anyway, when we're, we're short into it, right? Right. Um, but, you know, he knows what he's doing. Um, he can make adjustments. Yep. Um, he's dealing, you know, I, I don't, I'd like to see what the record is since Nikki Backstrom went out, but that might not be telling either because their schedule has gotten a hell of a lot harder. It, it really has. Um, um, no, you're right about that. Um, but Kemper's played, played very well. He has. He, he was great last right. night. So I mean, he was tremendous. Yeah. He's the reason they won that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were, they were dead tired coming off the Nashville game. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to get it, I mean, that's just a gritty win. Um, and I thought they were going to win in regulation. Actually, Manta had a snipe in the third period. I don't know if you saw it with about four minutes left. And it hit crossbar and post. Oh, Everybody the on the double. bench thought it went back bar and out. That's how like it ricocheted. So he hit the elbow of the crossbar, and it came all the way across and hit the inside of the other post and out. Oh, and then Ovi had the rebound, and uh, the goalie made a great save. And I was right. like, Jesus Christ. Um, so... Well, here, here's our next five, um, and it looks like it, they're all local anyway, even the away games. Uh, the Islanders on Wednesday. Yep. Uh, at Columbus, home to Tampa, at Rangers, who will be looking for some blood. Oh, yeah. And then at the Islanders, so they're staying in New York for those two games. And then they finish out the year home at Nashville. So, you know, those six games um, – all against teams they've played before. I think maybe Tampa's the only one they haven't played before. I think that's true. I think that'll be their first uh, tilt with Tampa so this year. So they, you know, it's nobody that they can't expect. They'll know the lineups. They'll know all that stuff. And, oh, sure, sure. Know, hopefully, uh, hopefully they could, They need to get some wins. I mean, they need to get the, you know, th- it's three and three, three on the road, three at home. I mean, three at home, three on the road. So I think um, if you can get points in all the home games and then steal – steal a road win or a point in one of the three games on the road. So basically, if they can get points in four out of the six, I think that that positions them about where they are right now. Right. I don't think they're going to lose any ground uh, with anybody behind them. Yeah, and then that gets you to the uh, to the new year. Um, do you see any sort of major roster moves before the trade deadline? I, I don't know. Um, the, 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 uh, I mean, at some point... You know, TJ goes in and out of the lineup. Yep. And I know he's fighting through it, but at some point you want to just say, do you want to go on long-term IR and get your shit figured out? I know. And then come back later. By the way, we talked about that, how he just plays like so recklessly. Did you see his first game back after the injury? First shift out and lays like a monster hit. I mean, he, he doesn't, just can't he, help doesn't himself. he doesn't know how to do it any different. No. Because he, he's not him if he's not doing exactly. that. Exactly. You know? That, that's almost like, you know, saying Tom Wilson, you know, isn't being physical. Like, then why even have him in the lineup? Right. You know? Um so here's the thing with this team, and, and I heard Mike Vogel say something pretty interesting on his little podcast, and he said that this coaching staff, when the season started, they spent 90% of their special team's time in practice on the penalty kill and not the power play. Right. They said the power play is going to require a long-term fix. They said the penalty kill needs to be clicking right when the season starts. And I'm glad they did that because they're one of the top PK units right now in the, in the NHL. Their power play is abysmal. But I think what they're thinking is 
if we're even on special teams at the end of the game, we don't give up any power play goals, probably not going to score any of our own. They're confident 5v5. They're one of the better 5v5 right. teams in the NHL right now. I mean, they put Ovechkin in front of the goal on, the, on a couple power okay, plays. So right? I, I asked George about it, and he has been praying for that. He's like, <clears throat> it's not that his one-timer is any slower. It's not that goalies are any better. He's like, the predictable nature of that power play, it becomes so stagnant trying to get the puck to him right? that, that they, that they no- miss out on so many other opportunities. And he's like, he's so damn big and strong. He's like, you can't knock him off of off of his block. Right. Once he sets up, it's almost like Charles Barkley getting rebounds back in the day. Once he sets up in the paint, you're not fucking moving him. Yeah. Um and he's creating a screen and hopefully the rebounds will come and and I do think that that's probably the position for him. If you would have told me at any point during the season that Anthony Mantha was going to have more goals than Ovechkin, I'd have told you you're fucking crazy. How crazy is that too? Mantha's game, it's kind of been not resurrected per se, because he's clearly not at the clip when we traded for him, but he is so much better than well, any he's stretch. So, yeah, he that, absolutely he's so much better than he's ever that he's been And it's funny because you and I, I joke that, that that trade was one of the biggest flop washes of all time. Like be, neither team got anything out of it. Well now Verona can't even stick in the NHL. No. Yeah. Did you see that? He cleared waivers, Jerry. He cleared waivers, man. So he's playing for the AHL affiliate for um, St. Louis. Well, he's clearly got to get his shit together. I feel man. bad for the kid, man. Um, but, I mean, Mantha's a legit... Th- this is the guy I think we thought we were getting at the trade deadline a few years back. You know? Right. He's on pace to score, what, 22, 23 goals, something like that? Um, uh, yeah. So Strom has um, 12 goals. Yep. Wilson has 10 goals, and then Mantha's next with seven. So if you would have told me that um, at the beginning of the year, I'd have said we're going to be in the last place. I, I would have thought the same thing. Um, so give me uh, some information on potential trade people that you can see coming down the pipeline that, that fans should be looking at. Okay. I think they're going to be in the market for a top six forward. And I think that that person is probably going to come from a West Con- Western Conference team that really isn't competing at this, at this current stage. The inability of, for the Caps right now to generate offense consistently with all four lines leads me to believe that they need to spread their depth out a little bit more and allow guys like Nick Dowd uh, to stay on that fourth line, to do his grinder role, and to get those ugly goals. It means guys like Joe Snively... Hendricks LaPierre, um, Alex, uh, Alex Kube Albel, all those guys are going to kind of rotate through that fourth line winger position, and you hope that they continue to contribute. Um, I think a top six forward is probably the biggest need on this team. However, that means something's going to have to go the other way. Right now, the biggest bargaining chip the Caps have is Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, but it appears to me that Kuzi kind of likes the role that he has on this team. Um, and the emergence of Strom has given Kuzi the ability to have a little bit less of the hard minutes against the other team's top center or second line center. So they're trying to line match right now um, and create matchup issues such that Stromer is out with one of the big dogs and he does better 1v1 against the big dogs. And you have Kuzi out there against, you know, the team's third line, um, 
maybe their second or third D pairing, that kind of thing. And it's giving Kuzi more time and space to do what he does. My eye test still tells me that he's not 100% right. But I do think um, if a move is going to be made, it's going to be a higher dollar player on the team, a la a Kuzi or an aging Oshi or somebody like that going the other way. And you're going to see a speedy top six forward from the Western Conference come this way. Okay. Um, that's, that, that's my goal. That, that's my gut. However, as long as Kuzi seems to be content with his role and he's working hard enough that the coaching staff says, you're doing what we're asking of you, I don't think they move him. Um, because straight up, uh, trade-wise, teams still know that he's got a ton of baggage. So you're not going to get a one-for-one top-six guy. It's going no. to have to be Kuzi and a pick for a top-six guy, and I don't know that they want to do that at this stage. Well, clearly they don't because they probably had these discussions for months and months and mm-hmm. months. Yeah. Again, a, a contract like Kuzi's with his kind of uh, weak mental state it's not easy to move that kind of player. No, and you brought up on the last pod, Patrick Laine from uh, Columbus. He's kind of a pariah in, in a very similar stage. Right. And people are like, why aren't they moving him? Why aren't they moving him? It's, it's hard to move a guy like that. Yeah, you know? I mean, you're, you're not, you're, if you move Kuzi, you have to do it with the, you have to make peace with the fact that you're not going to get true value. Right. And you're just doing it to try to jumpstart Exactly. Right. And right now, he's giving them enough good minutes that I don't think that they feel the need to do that right now. Yeah. Um, healthy scratching him was well, that was a good dose of humble pie for him. Right. You know, um, and, and again, I'm impressed that Carberry was able to do that, get him back in the lineup and have Kuzi not be a distraction off the ice. That tells me he's got control of that locker room. That could have been severely distracting. And, and my gut tells me, so you know who loves Carberry is Ovi. Right. Ovi absolutely loves him. He said he's he's given them such a breath of of like new life and and you know uh, exuberance and everything else. My gut tells me he probably ran that by Ovi <laughs> at a time, and he's like, "Hey, I want you to talk to Kuzi. We're gonna right. scratch him, and right. I, I want you in his ear to make sure he knows it's coming. It's gonna come from me." And Ovi was probably like, "Hey, bro, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna scratch you, and I got I got their back, you know." Um, All right. So next five. Yep. Islanders, Columbus, Tampa. Rangers, Islanders. I go with six points. Yeah, I think so. I think six is reasonable. Um, I don't think they're going to get points at MSG after we put the beat down on on the Rangers yeah. back here. I think you're right. They're going to exact some revenge. Um, I think the Islanders game Wednesday is going to be a big one. Yeah, you got um, to yeah. harvest your nuts. You do. Um, and the Islanders are a decent team. They're playing pretty well. Sure. They're you decent. know? Yeah, I mean... They're, they're, we're actually all going to that game, all four of us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We can uh, – I mean, the Caps can lose to anybody. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, oh, no. Uh, 100%. 100%. So. By the way, remember when they lost to San Jose a few weeks ago? We were like, oh, my God, it's the worst. You know San Jose is like 8-2-1 and one in their last 11? Well, I mean, like that, the, at the time, that was a bad loss. It really was. But that yeah. kind of started their, their and streak. I, and I texted you and said, here we go. Yep. Right? It's going to be a disaster. And they, they kind of got it together. I know. I know. All right. Commanders, Tom. Here's sort of my thoughts on the Commanders. Um, after they made the trades with, with Chase Brown and Montez Sweat. Chase Young. Chase Young. <laughs> that uh, signaled to the other players that this was the rebuild was, the rebuild was on. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think they had either they had lost to the uh, Seahawks or, 
or it was around that time that's frame. Right. When that's they, right. When they were like, all right, we're going to, this next game will determine whether or not what we're going to do. And they actually played quite well against the Seahawks, right. you know? But at that point, it signaled to, the, to a lot of the veteran players that the season was over, that Ron was gone, um, that Del, Del Rio was gone, and that the front office would be changed. And so ever since then, um, you know, you've had terrible defense, but you had terrible defense before that. <laughs> but in relation to Sam Howe, I don't think it's a fair – like people are saying – these next games are going to be determinative of whether or not you keep them. Of course, that can't be true, right? Because you're not getting full effort from full guys. No, right? It's not. That's not determinative. You can't determine whether or not he's a good quarterback because the line decides to stop blocking. Sure, uh, people stop playing through injuries. Um, I mean, if you don't know if he's got potential by now, then you don't know. Then you're not a very good staff, right? And it may not even matter what this staff thinks. It matter but. The next staff, sure. I would go. I'll go on record to say, I don't care if it's Drake May or if it's Caleb Williams or whomever. If any rookie quarterback comes in here with this line, he's going to fail. Right. There's no way he's going to be successful. So it doesn't matter who you draft at quarterback or who who you sign, unless it's one of the top elites of the elites, the quick, you know, the guys that have won consistently without good lines and can make quick decisions to get the ball out, et cetera, et cetera, which sure. those people are not coming here. No, 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 no. Um, then you you really have no choice but to stick with Sam Howe um, and then build around him and then improve later. Jerry, I'm with you 100%. I'm glad to hear you say this because I think in terms of, of – talent evaluation, player development, roster construction, you're definitely the authority here on that. Um, I, You have Sam Howell, who is still on a rookie deal. Mm -hmm. So he's cheap. Quarterbacks, when you have to pay quarterbacks, it completely hamstrings your team. Even a rookie quarterback in the first pick, or first top five pick, is going to be substantially more. Absolutely. I mean, you could get two, guard, two starting guards. They right? have, yet again, we say this every fucking year, they have so many holes and so many needs to address via free agency and the draft. For my money, you have a cost-controlled position at quarterback. Guys like Jacoby Brissett are a dime a dozen, and you can sign a relatively cheap veteran backup, and you roll with him and Sam Howell, and that is what it is. And like you said, if you can't... He, there's enough game tape now to show that he seems to be a competent NFL quarterback. He can win some games. He can make throws. He can put up some yards. This is not going to make or break you in the first year of a new regime. Right. They need to shore up the offensive and defensive lines. They need to make sure they get a veteran, capable linebacker, mm -hmm. you know, in, in free agency. And then they need to draft for offensive, defensive line, and skill positions. Right. So Sam Sam Howe has a has a rookie contract on a fifth round rookie contract. That's right. Right. For example, if you if you take a five, top five pick and you draft a quarterback, now you've gotten rid of Sam Howe, um, and you now are paying a rookie. Last year, Bryce Young got a four year, thirty seven million dollar contract. His cap hit for the next four years is seven million this year. 8.5 million next year, 10.3 million the year after, and 
right? So that's a significant investment that you have to oh. make in a quarterback when you already have uh, Sam Howell. Yep. Uh, and John Kime said the the today that Sam Howell, the way he's being projected by a lot of people in the league, is he's Andy Dalton. Okay. You know? And there were Andy Dalton had seven, eight-year run. Yeah. And he had some years where he was 20, uh, 22, and 16. He had some years when he was 30 and 12 yep. in terms of touchdowns. So yep. if you – and that tells me that if he's in that range, build around him. You can win with a guy like you that. You can win. He's yep. not going to lose you games. He may not solely win you games, but he's not going to lose you many games. Right. And and he's not going to put up Aaron Rodgers-like numbers. Right, he's not. But, but Andy Dalton, if that's the comp, I'm going – we don't need to draft a quarterback. We don't need to draft a quarterback. Yeah. Right? Unless, unless they get into the top two somehow, and unless they go Caleb Williams or Drake May, they are, they is are Caleb, generationally... Is Caleb Williams a generational talent? I don't believe so. Is Drake May? No, I don't, I don't think believe so, so either. I don't I, believe I, so. I don't think so. They, they are the best of a bunch at a coveted position like we see every fucking year. Right. A la Zach Wilson, Jordan Love, all those guys. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. I mean... Yeah. I mean, he's he hasn't been doing. I mean, it's is nine games or ten games or how many games into his career, and yeah. people are writing him off. That's one of the things Eb was getting upset about today. Yeah. He's like, you're just writing him off, right? And now the, the the offensive line's a disaster. So oh, this is the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's a bad offensive line anyway. But now you have guys who are giving not all of them, but are giving you know eighty percent effort, right? Um, they're not going the extra mile, so. I just think that uh, I do think Ron Rivera took uh, Sam Howe out of the game yesterday because one, he did not want him to throw another pick six. Yeah, right. And two, he was worried about him taking hits. Yeah, I mean, he's one Aaron Donald rush away from just you know getting right. flattened. So um, I, I, but I think it's unfair to. I, I think it would be. I think it would be incredibly risky, unnecessarily risky to. Give up on him, given what he's shown with what he's had to work with, mm -hmm. um, and draft a rookie unless you think that rookie is a generational talent. And, and the I, closer I don't we get to the draft, the more and more you hear every year, Jerry. Every, every year. single year, the top three or four quarterbacks are all oh, the. You, you got to take this guy. You can't miss. You can't Justin miss. Fields. There you go. Trey Lance. Yep. Wilson from the Jets. Absolutely. I mean, those guys, List these are smart guys who are, yeah, I mean, on. to me, you are, it's much safer to get a legitimate evaluation on a line, on mm -hmm. a lineman, or even a wide receiver is probably not as risky as as quarterback, but it's still hard. Sure. Um, You know, and if that's a position of need, and there seems to be two guys who have played in high levels, at Notre Dame and Penn State yep. against the best of the best, yep. and they've excelled. And so it seems to me that if that's clearly a position of need and you have really good talent there, and there's real, it would be just stupid <laughs> to not draft a lineman. Which is why I'm really hoping they bring in a legit GM. That I mean, I'm hoping the day after, what is it, three weeks from today, is basically decision day. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when teams that aren't in the playoffs are going to clean house, right? That day, the entire coaching staff of this current Washington regime will be relieved of their duties. Right. 
Um, and I'm hoping that we hear an announcement that the following day on a GM slash coach partnership that they've already lined up. Yeah. So um, I, I'd read something in the athletic that um, there were owners meetings and GM meetings uh, recently. Okay. And uh, obviously uh, Josh Harris was there and it was really an opportunity um, for him to scout out the young talent mm-hmm. for the GM. Right. And he apparently took a liking. I can't get the guy's name. I'm trying to find it. Um, who is he's the assistant GM uh, for the Bears. OK. And he went to UVA hmm. um, and he's the, he turned down the opportunity to be the GM for the Cardinals for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, Maybe he hates the desert. Yeah. So I, but but they were interviewing him, and like I said, he's he's kind of a kind of a local guy. His name's Ian Cunningham. Okay, I've heard um, that name thrown around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is thought to be a rising star, um, and like I said, he played he played football at UVA, um, and looks like uh, the guy uh, who they seem to be front running. Now there's also five other names, but. The good news is is that it's pretty clear that Josh, uh, um, the owner, has taken a, a look at people that he has wanted to talk to right. and is going to go down that route of not coach-centric, mm-hmm. which I'm all for. I, I completely right. agree. So I that's a name to – Ian Cunningham was a name that you might want to keep, uh, keep in the back burner. Okay. Uh, because apparently at the coaches' meetings, according to Ben Standick, they had a lot of conversations. They were seen talking a lot. Okay. So cool. Um, now that could just be about you know what kind of coffee do you like, but sure, it could also be more things. Hey man, I am all for. I would like to see the proper um, uh, management tree get put into place. Right. An actual GM, an assistant GM who's in charge of the cap, and those guys decide what coach they can work with. And you get a young, innovative mind in here. I don't care if he's offensive or defensive oriented. It doesn't matter to me. Just get a coach who's on the younger side of, of the ledger. <clears throat> I'm done with the old school Mike Shanahan's and Ron Rivera hires. Right. I just I don't need it. I, got, I, I don't want to see it anymore. I gotta tell you, there is more talk now than I've ever seen about the Steelers releasing Mike Tomlin. I know. And if that happens, that would be a home run. I think so too. Um, I mean, he's he's never been like Ron Rivera. Almost never had a winning season, right? Like he had a handful of <clears throat> of, of seasons. One really good season, dude. He caught lightning in a bottle with, Cam, with Newton Cam Newton in his prime for a few years. But other than that, he was terrible. Yeah. Mike Tomlin's almost the exact opposite. He's like almost never less than five hundred. I know, and with with awful talent. Yeah, terrible, awful. terrible awful. quarterbacks. Um, and I don't think he's necessarily drafting. I mean, I'm sure he's heavily involved. Don't oh, I'm wrong. sure he's got but, some say in stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I don't think he's the be-all, end-all. So it's not like I'm not sure he'd want that. Maybe he would. I mean, if he would, I'd like thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. That's just personally me. No, I'm with you, man. Um, you you got to keep the talent evaluator separate than the coaching staff. But he's my, if the minute he's released, he's my first – or the minute he's fired, it's my first call. I'm with you. I, I can't – the Steelers never do that. I can't ever see them. I can't either. Based on one season, I can't ever see it. But that would be awesome. 
That was a that was a that was a tough loss for them this past weekend. That was that was their first real piss poor performance I've seen under Mike Tomlin in some time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> they were up thirteen nothing in that game and gave yeah. up thirty unanswered. But Trubisky is not a. I think he's proven now. He's another Carolina quarterback that could be just like Sam Howell. Yeah, he could be just like Sam Howell. He could be just like Drake May. Yep. I mean, they're all good in college. I, right? I, I'm with you, man. And I don't know uh, what the fuck's the difference between the three of them. I can't tell you. I, I'm with you. But you have to believe that the that the Commanders have a former quarterback or a quarterback's coach that knows the mechanics and can see. Well, this is what I think he's going to do, and right. I think he's going to progress. But at the end of the day, you don't really know. You don't really know mentally how he is. You don't know if he likes his teammates like him. You don't know if he's handle handles pressure very well. Um, I mean, if you're at Ohio State, you're going to win most of your games, even if you're a bad quarterback, because you right. have so much talent around you. So sure, you just get the ball out on slants and yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but you just never really know. Um, I know this: the offensive line's atrocious. There's Awful. not there's not one person there that's an all all pro or even an all star caliber. No. You know, they don't even have the reputation to get voted. Yeah. You know how like some people become like go they go to the Pro Bowls just because they sure. they played a long time. They don't even have those guys. I, I guess I would guess Sam Cosme's their best lineman and he's I, I think he's I think he's the best one they got. He's average. Yep. Agreed. Uh, but they need a total rehaul. Uh and Ron Rivera, as he's been a he has been a D coach. Mm-hmm. D. He has been an F personnel guy. Oh. And that's what's I mean, killed him. Glaringly failed. There isn't one free agent that he's brought in that I can think of right now that has excelled. Mm-mm. Jerry, they have had good draft picks since he's been there. They have had money to spend in free agency the last two years in particular, and the roster has somehow gotten worse. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, now, I, now, now players have just given up. Yes. Once they traded, they made the two trades for the two defensive ends. I think they they checked out. Uh, most people checked out. I think so too. Um, so clearly, I believe uh, right now you're sitting fourth in the draft. Um, you know, I think going into it, you 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 find your GM or president of football operations, whatever you call them, but the person who is going to be making decisions. Yep. Uh, about player acquisitions, um, and then you go and pick your coach and. It doesn't have to be a long process. You can no. say, "Hey, um, if Ian Cunningham's a GM, hey, this is this is this is the direction we're looking to go and coach. Hey, what do you think about that? Can you work with that? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to have a problem with that? Right? And you get that sense going in. Um, all these guys know each other. I mean, this guy Cunningham's been in the league for eight years. Yep. So he, he knows played. Everybody. So he's probably met everybody. And I think that the hot O coordinator this year that is probably going to get. One of the first big jobs is the uh, guy from Detroit, the O-coordinator from yeah. Detroit. I, I keep hearing his name. I mean, I, I, I guess the, my point there is if you go this Cunningham route um, from Chicago, he's in the same division as Detroit. Right. I'm sure that they know each other. He's got to sure, know, know. He's got to have a good idea of, like, this guy can coach or this guy can't coach. Right. And it's all a crapshoot. Oh, it totally is. I mean, well, I mean, look, look at the young coaches right now in the NFL. It is a crapshoot. We, um, we had the guy – in our building, of course, we had our we had the guy in our fucking building. We had multiple guys in our yeah. fucking building. I mean, Shanahan's the best coach out there. Shanahan, McVay, and uh, 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 the dude from Green Bay, the dude from Green Bay, and the guy from Miami, Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel's here. Oh yeah, 
No way. Yeah. Yep. Oh, one of his, you, one of his you, first assistant jobs was here. Did you see what he said a couple weeks ago about Peyton Manning? Oh, so great. I love it. He's love so it. for all the guys that don't don't know, uh, he Peyton Manning texted him and said, Hey, can I get an interview for the before the game uh for my show, right? And he texts back and goes, You're Peyton fucking Manning. Of, <laughs> of course, course you can. <laughs> right. I thought that was pretty cool. By the way, I must say, um, that that Peyton and Eli on Monday Night Football, it it has me watching Monday Night Football it's, again. Yeah. I only watch it's that funny. feed because it's hysterical. It is it's so silly. Like I love when Peyton's like, "Oh God, what are they? Oh my, I can't believe you checked out of that." I, Eli, why? Would, Eli's like, oh, "Man, I don't know, man. I don't know why." I would do that. <laughs> it's so damn funny. I think they they may be less prepared than we are doing oh, the podcast. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I love it. All right, so let's talk real quick about the Ravens who locked up a playoff uh, berth with their win this past weekend. Goodwin, um, Goodwin last night at Jacksonville. A I know. Team. I um, know. Um, they're, they're they're rounding into form, Jerry. However, they lost that rookie running back last yeah, night to his ACL injury. T- man, I mean, t- so damn. The way it, they they so Andrews goes down, and obviously he's their main weapon. Yep. Um, but they get they drafted Isaiah Likely, and he's picked up some of the slack. If he not has a lot of the slack. Right. He has. Um, and then their running back goes down, and I read they still have Gus Edwards yep. and somebody else, but they're bringing up Melvin Gordon. Remember him? Oh yeah, he's been no on the shit. practice squad. No shit, like Melvin fucking Gordon. Melvin now may, Gordon. he he might be fifty year old legs now. I, I was gonna know. say yeah, I I, I can't but imagine. I was like, he's... how the hell did they stash him on a practice squad? Dude, that team just. I, here's a prime example, like you just said. Losing a guy like Mark Andrews for a team that doesn't really throw the ball that well, like Baltimore, would normally kill a team. And instead, they drafted <laughs> a guy that they know can can fill some shoes if need be. And they just they, it seems like they always have the forethought of what's coming next. Right. You know. And I'll go back to uh, what was it, Kyle Hamilton? You know, when they drafted him at safety, and who did Washington draft that year? I don't know. Was that the Jamin Davis year, or I don't know, or somebody? somebody I wish like, how did they not draft him? I know. Um, and and there's another example of you know they just they seem to get that first round pick right every time, and when you do that, you fill your roster with starters after four or five years, right? And that's where they're at. So, so um, with Mitchell out, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, ah, and, the Justice and, Hill, that's and right. Melvin Gordon will be there. Three running backs. I think Gus is perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean they can get they can get they can get production. Yes, but this kid Mitchell was a big play. He was man. Yeah. He was. I was just going to say they don't really have any game breakers, and that kid yeah. was a game breaker. I mean, it hurts. Definitely hurts. It, it does. No, doubt. it does. So their schedule um, ending in the next, uh, I guess, couple weeks. Pretty tough. It is tough. They oh have, yeah. Um, so they have, they're eleven and three right now. Um, they have at San Francisco, who's still playing for oh field, you know, home field. Oh, both, both 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 those teams. That, that that game. There's a lot riding on that game. Miami, huge. And then home to Pittsburgh. Their last two are home to Miami, home to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh probably doesn't have much to play for anymore. Um, yeah, I don't think they're technically eliminated, but no, I mean, there's just too many teams that they would have to leapfrog at this point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are like a lot of a lot of players. I mean, a lot of teams are like at 500. And well, and, I mean, and Cleveland and Cincinnati both won tough games this weekend, and Pittsburgh Fuck lost. Joe so. Flacco, dude, how no, about I, it? Gonna, Did you I'm, see the end of that game? Yeah, I watched. It. I'm gonna tell you, every <laughs> ball he throws can be picked. I know. So he throws a lot of interceptions. 
and he's he's incredibly lucky right now. It's going to run out. Sure. But like they should have lost that game oh, five different times. Absolutely. I mean that but, but that, it was the Bears yeah, who that, were just so inept. That touchdown that he uh that he threw to take the lead or to tie it up. Um I swear he had his eyes closed and he just <laughs> heaved it down there and it was a good pass, but it sure. went right in between two defenders. <laughs> And then they took it for a touchdown because both defenders basically like knocked each other out. Um, but I mean Pittsburgh right now seven and seven. They're sitting fourth in the division. Um, uh, the teams ahead of them for the wild card are Cincinnati, Cleveland, um, Houston, and Indianapolis are both eight and six. Uh, Denver seven and seven. So yeah, there's just too many teams in there. Uh, I mean, I, I I guess I get. I mean, they're not there. I guess they're in it, but they're not trending very well since they they're right now they're tenth place in the conference. Yep. Um, they would have to win out and still get help, and I just don't see both of those things happening. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, and because like I said, they're they see they seem to be trending offensively in a bad bad way. Yeah, I mean, their offense wasn't good to start with. Yeah. Um, Say what you want about Pickett. He's a little bit of a gunslinger. He's a young guy. But now you got Trubisky in there, and they're just extremely limited. Um, you know, they're. I mean, uh, they're, you know, Cleveland's nine and five. Cleveland's nine and fucking five. I can't believe that. Can you believe that shit? Um, Cincinnati's eight and six. Indianapolis is eight and six. Houston's eight and six. Buffalo is eight and six. You can't, I can't envision them not making the playoffs. Agreed. Um, so it's going to be tough for Pittsburgh. Who does Pittsburgh have left? Um, and I say this because if they lose all of them, maybe we'll get Mike Tomlin. Um, <laughs> they have I like the way you're thinking. Cincinnati, which is basically a make-it-or-break game, I think, for both of them. Agreed. At Seattle, at Baltimore. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, so That's the really best tough. news for the Ravens – because well, well, the best news for Steelers is that the Ravens are going to be sitting pretty much everybody. You would think so, right? Yeah, I mean, because I guess maybe they want the buy, so they'll play, but they're not going to be stupid about it. If someone's got an injury, they're going to say, just rest. Sure. Um, at C- Seattle's fight. So Cincinnati and Seattle, though, are fighting for playoff uh, positioning and or to be in the playoffs. Those are tough games, man. It's a tough league, dude. Um, you know, there's only a handful of teams that are really stru- that, that really struggle to be competitive. I mean, shit, we just – absolutely destroyed the commanders rightly so but they're in almost every game it seems like you know other than the miami and um uh dallas game but even that dallas game on thanksgiving day they were there up until about two minutes left in the third quarter right and then you know the wheels fell off um but they're they're in almost every game chicago's pesky they're in almost every game yeah you know carolina's awful um and the, the patriots are awful the patriots are just dreadful oh my god I'm hearing more and more about the uh, Belichick to San Diego room or uh, L.A. rumors. Well, the, I mean, the Chargers, yeah. which who knows about whether or not that's true or not. Um, I think I think he's old and he's lost some of his luster. He has, and I don't. I would be wary if I was an owner, even with his track record. Jerry, I'm with you, and you 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 made the point. You said he can still coach, mm-hmm. and I agree with that. But at this stage in his career, he's not giving up the personnel decision yeah. making. You know, he's too old, too set in his ways, and he's got too much um, clout. I just think that, you know, at some point, the game sort of passes you by. He's still very smart. He knows what it takes to win. I don't, sure. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. If he's uh, not already in the Hall of Fame, he absolutely. might even be in the Hall of Fame. Um, obviously, he's one of the greatest of all time, but it's some, this is a young man's game now. It is. 
uh, with the rule changes and all that stuff. And I, I and that's I why know. I maintain. I think if you're the commanders, you get you have to go young and innovative. Get somebody that's got energy. Get somebody because it's it's a grind. But the Chargers season. in the exact opposite position because they just went with a young guy who was very analytical, right? The D three guy and yep. he's just young and innovative and need. He's really like a defensive mastermind and. It, Totally it, failed. Oh, he was. So maybe he was now awful. they go and get the grizzled exactly veteran, right? right? Yeah. So maybe that. Well, does. that roster is in a hell of a different spot than Washington's roster. You got, you got Herbert, man. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're starting with a big time quarterback, and yep, and he's one with big time quarterbacks. So maybe, I mean, maybe it makes sense. I just, I just don't see it. Um, but I guess we'll see. Surely, well, I, I don't. I think Washington's definitely not getting the first. I mean, the highest they're going to get is third. Yeah, I'm thinking pick. they're gonna they're gonna land anywhere from three to five is yeah, my gut. That's what I would think. Um, and you could you can get one of the two offensive tackles there. And there's some fight between people who I respect. Uh, who's better? I've heard. Um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, some people think the kid from uh, Gonzaga and Penn State is better because he's just an elite elite pass protector. Yes, and he's an okay run guy, but he's an elite pass protector. The guy from uh, New- Notre Dame is a good pass protector and a really good run blocker. Right? I think so he might be the more th- complete. Exactly. That's you know? that's the term I heard is he's the more complete O-lineman. Um but the guy from Penn State may have the lights out top end. Yeah. You know? Um and I, but, but I'm with you. It's almost the safest route. And if you're a new GM, you got to get that first pick right. I'd be going O-line. I would take I, I mean, would take it. Who's a power runner anymore? You spread everybody out and you run that twenty personnel with you know. Like it, right. You're just you're just getting Absolutely. you're getting gaps. Yep. You're not. There's very few power run teams anymore. Absolutely. Um. So, but look, smarter people than me make that decision. I For just sure. know that there's two guys there who performed at a high level mm-hmm. in big time fucking conferences. Right. And it's not a reach. Yep. You know these like Chris Samuels went too, and maybe people people would say he wasn't worth it. He wasn't a bust. He played a oh, long fucking time. He had the, he had a storied career. Yeah, played a um, long time for, and if we you can get that guy again, sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up for yeah. sure. All right, let's take it down a level. Um let's talk some college here. Um so let's see. We're about a week out from uh, two weeks out from uh WVU. A uh, week and a half, right? What are they? The 28th. They're the 27th. 27th. That's right because they play the same day. As the military bowl, which is local here, um, which I am going to. Are you going to go? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I asked George if he wanted to go. I think we're going to be down at Bryce, and he said he'd rather be down there. Right. So, so Izzy wanted to go, uh, so we're going to go there. A couple families in Damascus that are going to cool. tailgate. I don't know if we're going to go in the game. We got the standing tickets, so we can we have the ability to go in. But sure. We may just stay at the. Hey man, Navy Marine Corps Stadium yeah. tailgate. It, hopefully, it's a beautiful day. Doesn't really get much better, right? Than that. It's cool. Uh, it's and be it, awesome. you know, we'll have a, you know, hopefully we can get down there together and park at the same location and have absolutely you know, a bunch of food and and oh no, that, that sounds like a great day. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it seems like everybody from North Carolina who that's who the, uh, West Virginia is playing has opted out. Yeah. Drake May is going to the draft. They've lost their like top five people. Yep. It's still though Neil Brown. In West Virginia, <laughs> West Virginia hasn't beaten anyone any good. So, right. um, but West Virginia tends to be trending in the in the right direction. They were pretty smart in terms of um, they had 
like five or six guys they targeted to keep, including their quarterback. Mm -hmm. And they basically paid them, and they told everybody else, this is what we can offer, and if you can't, go elsewhere. Yep. And and I probably think, five or six guys have chosen to leave because they, they they didn't meet. But they're, you know, like the the big defensive nose guard. Right. You want to keep him. This is what we can the, – keeping the quarterback mm -hmm. and the All-American freshman running back, you got to keep those two dudes. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, yes. And the line, the offensive linemen who have been there for a while, I mean, that's what they did. They kept – the core guys that they could afford because mm -hmm. they're not going to pay everybody. Right. And they told the rest of them to go get your deals. Yep. So that's, that's where we are. Um, but it, it, it's trending to be positive because all those guys who make plays are coming back. So for the first time in five years, there's a sense of optimism. Hmm. Now I think Neil Brown's a bad coach. Yeah. I don't think he's very smart. Yeah. You I don't think that. his assistants are very smart. I think they get out coached on game day. Probably eighty to ninety percent of the time. Okay, but they do have a a quarterback who's had success, and they know what he can do and they know what he can't do, and they do that. They okay. are the Rich Rod. They run the Rich Rodriguez off Rich Rodriguez offense of old. Is okay. they they possess the ball mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of RPO. I think they are the time of possession wise. I think they're the lead the country. Yeah, you had mentioned that they um, just they they just grind it out. That's pretty impressive, right? And they don't stop anybody on defense, but they don't have a lot of opportunities for the other offense to get the ball because so, they have the ball so much, right? Yeah, because the other uh, even though they they allow probably points on fifty percent of the possessions they don't have any possessions right so it slows the game down yeah, you limit the number of plays the other teams have right you know so, um now well, that, th no, that's exciting i think that's going to be a good game too i like that matchup and and like you said even with north carolina having a bunch of guys opt out they're good they're they're, they're i mean they're, they're they're better than they'll be the second or third best team they played all year even with the guys opting out right um because west virginia's eight and four but that's a fraudulent eight and four because you know seven wins have been against teams that don't have winning records so. sure uh, but uh, there is some optimism. Uh, obviously, um, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if West Virginia lost. We lose bowl games anyway. But <laughs> even when we're good. But um, you know, it's, it, I just I'm not a believer. But I do think he's earned the right to come back, and he's going to come back, and there's some positive momentum. Right on. What um, do you think about Terps? It's going to be interesting, man. So so far, the only guys that have uh, publicly announced they're opting out are. Jay Sean Barham is in the portal, so he's going. Yeah, he's going to like Alabama or something. Oh, he's definitely. We we surmise he's definitely going to SEC. Um, and then you've got uh, Tarheeb still is going to go to the NFL draft, so he's out. So your top corner's gone. Okay, that hurts a little bit, but they they have a, Maryland's got a pretty good secondary. You know, right. um, the jury's out whether Little Two is going to play or not. Well, that'll hurt. Uh, it will. Um, I think he's going to play. Um, yeah, that that's what my gut tells me. Um, Hemby's gonna play. Yeah. Um, who's it? Delmar Glaze, the big offensive lineman. He's gonna go to the draft, but he's still on the fence whether or not he's gonna play right. in this last game or not. Uh, that would be, that would be kind of big for them. Um, but they're already starting to shore up. You know, the portal transfers for next year. Um, I don't know if you heard, but the, they got uh, the quarterback from, from Wake. NC, NC State. NC State. Yeah. Um, so he'll compete with Billy Edwards, and they got a four-star kid last year that they redshirted. So they'll have three guys, you know, competing for that spot. Um, and they also got the uh, center from Purdue, um, who seems to be pretty solid. 
Right. You know, so he's got a fifth year, and he he came to Maryland. So they're they're starting to address some needs, um, but it sounds like they're taking care of most of their playmakers on offense. Right. Um, I think Maryland lost their window. I I agree with you. Um, they, they, you're not going to get no matter who you get a quarterback, it's going to be less production than what you had for sure. Uh, my only hope is they've done such a really good job recruiting and filling these spots with with the portal defensively, and it's a very under the radar, less sexy names yeah. and positions, and they're actually filling those too deep really well. Yeah. So even though they're losing some guys in the offensive line, that might be one of the best units next year coming back with with the guys that have gotten legit playing time. That right. makes me feel pretty good. I'm right. like, yeah, well, shit, yeah. they're they're doing it the right way. They're not going shit. We didn't. We missed our next Stefan Diggs. We're screwed. They're not banking on that anymore. Yeah. You know? I mean, well, um, look, Loxley's always brought in talent. And, and I have questions as to whether or not he can just coach it. Look, he's not a he's not a good coach. We we we've been over this. Right. You know, he gets out coached during games with easily. Right. You know, he's got to get good coaches doing what they're doing. And so far, he's done a decent job yeah. of that. Yeah. I think their O coordinator and D coordinator are decent. Position coaches seem to be pretty good. No, there's no failure there. I think overall, um, they just sort of lost. Like they started out okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Ohio, the second half of the Ohio State game is sort of when their soul, they like lost their identity. <clears throat> I know, and and, and to not beat. have that bounce back was just puzzling. I know, um, but that loss to Illinois at home that was tough. That was hurt. that was the unforgivable one for me. Right. The Northwestern loss on the road. At the time, I thought this is the worst loss ever. Turned out not to be bad because they're playing this week. That's correct. Yeah. And which it, kudos to that coach for keeping that shit together. One hundred percent, because that was a dumpster fire. Yeah, that was he, a dumpster he, fire. He, he kept the rails or he kept yeah. the wheels on the on, on the tracks there. I, kudos to him for sure. Um, but again, in conference, a road game, not a great environment. Shit's gonna happen. I You're gonna you lose what, some man, games. The Big Ten and SEC. It's the Big Ten and it's the SEC, and then it's everyone else. You're one hundred percent right. You could almost make the Big Twelve, the ACC, what's left of the Pac twelve. You could make your own conference. You and know? probably still wouldn't be as good as and the SEC. And you probably still wouldn't be as Ten. good. Yeah. I mean, Penn State for the last five years has been a good team, oh, yeah. and they just can't beat those other two. Do you know that there were like rumblings in Happy Valley that some of the big donors aren't happy with Franklin? I'm like, dude, he wins 10 games every fucking year. Every fucking year. But they're like, yeah, but he can't beat Michigan and I Ohio mean, State. That, like, but that quarterback... Who went eleven and one for Ohio State? Just transferred to Syracuse. What the fuck? Because is he that? was getting fucking death threats. I know, poor guy. Death threats. But, but Syracuse, that's quite a step they, down. They, isn't they, it? they must I mean, have. They must have just come up with some major money for him. Had to have come up with some money. And, and my he, thought, and I he said, if we, you know, bro, if we lose to Louisville, no one's going to kill me. Right. Right. I mean, that kid did. You know, he did nothing to deserve no. that shit. Dude, didn't he throw for like three thousand yards as a freshman? I, I would not <laughs> I mean, go to Ohio State. I mean, you really, I mean, it's a great program, but those fans are fucking crazy. They're insane. They are insane. Insane. And I don't think any other fan base is that crazy. I know Alabama's crazy. Don't get me wrong, and Georgia's crazy. But I don't, and maybe Alabama does, but the death threats and the, but losing to your rival, it, it's ridiculous. Well, and Day is on a bad run against Michigan right now. Well, yeah. Because what is it, three in a row? Yeah. You know, that, that, that's not good. That's right. never good. Um, He's like thirty and three. I know, and they're like, like, and they're like, you gotta get rid of this dumbass. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Oh my god, you guys are so fucking spoiled. Seriously. Um, but no, I mean Michigan. 
you know, we could talk about this next week, but I mean, I think you and I have talked about it before. I think Michigan's the best team in the country, and I think they're going to win it all. They are going to have their hands full with with Alabama. Well, any all four could win. That's I mean, the whole country is cheering for Washington. Yes, right, because apparently that Michael Penix guy is very likable. Oh, he's I love that kid. Texas, a bunch of blue blood assholes. Alabama, <laughs> blue blood assholes. Right. And Michigan, I it's mean, their, because their of coach Harbaugh. is a fucking asshole. He's oh, yeah. a cheater. Right. He cheats and he, he's just a, a bad guy. Um, he cheats out in the open and almost gloats about yeah, it. He gloats yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, and then he gets indignant when you say, how dare, how dare you I, call I me a cheater? That was the dumbest fucking thing ever. They cheated, got caught. <laughs> Uh, settled out of court per se, and said, "Oh, I'll, I'll take a suspension." And then had shirts made "Michigan versus the world,", world. like yeah, and like crying after games. The dumbest like, fucking thing doing? I've ever seen, you know. But all that aside, they're really fucking good. They are so. I good. mean, they are like defensively. Us. They are nasty. They are a solid machine on offense. They don't make mistakes. Yep. They have a great offensive line. They can ground and pound, and they can throw the ball. Do you know? I think that their key on offense is that tight end. Maybe, yeah. That tight end is a fucking because beast. if they get six to seven plays, six to seven yards of play, and you're just churning and burning. Well, and we've talked about. I mean, they have the man in the backfield, Blake Corum. He's yeah. going to get drafted and be older than. Uh, I mean, they know. don't make mistakes. They don't have penalties. They don't really hold. They don't turn the ball over. Yeah, they and just they cheat. just yeah they just cheat right. <laughs> but they just they'll, they'll win twenty seven fourteen in right. an ugly game but they'll never be in like in danger of losing right you know i just think those teams are incredibly difficult to beat when you basically can't make mistakes yeah i know now they're 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 a juggernaut but we can talk about that uh the next all right so assuming let's assume what what day is the uh the music city bowl it's saturday the 30th okay so today is the 18th let's just let's make our predictions today just in case holidays getting absolutely right I'm going to say West Virginia wins 28-27. Wow. Uh, okay. Just because I want to sleep tonight. Okay. My my heart is telling me that. My brain is telling me that North Carolina is going to win, but I'm going to go with West Virginia 28-27. Okay. I'm going West Virginia. I'm going to steal your 28 number. I think that's a good round number. I think West Virginia 28-17. Okay. I think that they impose their will on on the, uh, the, the fill-ins from Carolina. It'll right. be a good first half. It'll be like 14 14- all at half, and then I think West Virginia pulls away. Right. Now, West Virginia's Wind. had some guys leave, too. The, sure. guy, the guys that are opting out are not playing in the bowl mm-hmm. uh, or that are in a portal. So they do it, but I, but not nearly the talent. You know, you, you can place one fat guy with another fat guy. Sure. Right. Yeah, I think West Virginia's returnees are, are going to yeah. out, outperform And I think they have Carolina's. more to pl- – like, Carolina's disappointed with the year. West Virginia's excited. Agreed. That kind of shit. Yep. All right. Uh, Maryland-Auburn, what do you think? Um, I think Auburn's going to win this one. I, I, I'm going to go Auburn 31, Maryland 26. Okay. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm also going to go with Auburn, especially if little Tua doesn't play. Um, I'm going to go 20 to 16. Ooh, okay. Because I just think that I, if little Tua doesn't play, which I'd be surprised because you can get insurance. No, I, th- I you know, think if you're not a first round pick. Get insurance, f- and even if you get so here's, hurt, here, um, some of the Maryland insiders are basically saying we don't know for sure, but they're like the fact that he has not definitively said I'm not playing right. leads at this stage that the players of his ilk that leads to the fact right. that they're probably I'm gonna go going up to play. Then I'm going to go 24-21 Auburn. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Auburn. I mean, SEC talent's a different breed. It's just a different breed. Yeah. Um, but I think Maryland's going to hang in there with them. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think if I could go to any non 
playoff bowl, that's the bowl I'd go to. Oh, first of all, I love the city. The city. Tremendous. Yeah, I love the city. I love the atmosphere. Yep. And I think it's going to be a good game. they got 2 o'clock billing on that one on ABC. That's going to be a good game. That's great. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for Maryland. I'm happy for locks. And from the sounds of it, ticket sales are going great. That's awesome. Like I said, I, I bought two and donated them. Yeah. You know, so to the local Wounded Warrior Project down there. So fucking awesome, man. So the uh, the I am not going to Charlotte because it was way too fucking expensive. Yeah. Uh, for like a two-day trip. But apparently they have opened up the Upper Bowl. Oh, that's uh, because tickets have gone. That's fucking great, man. Yeah. Dude, we talked about this. West Virginia travels. They used to. Not so much anymore, man. No, but there, there's some. But they'll go to there's... Charlotte because that's a red. That's rednecks going to a redneck place. <laughs> right. And it, to your point, it's really not that far. It's no. a decent drivable distance if you're, yeah. you know, because a lot of the people that are West Virginia fans actually don't live in Morgantown. They live southern. That's where I live. I mean, I, I live closer to the University of Kentucky than I do to the University of West Virginia. University. Exactly right. So, so I think going to Charlotte's going to be good for them. And obviously, you have North Carolina. I mean, they're going to show out. They're going to show. So, yeah. um, no, that, that that's going to be a good one. And I think Auburn, Maryland's going to be pretty good. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be a good turnout. And there. I think the playoffs are going to be fucking great. Jerry, they're going to be amazing. Yeah. They so may, they are new. Are they New Year's Day night? They, I th- or that no, Monday I think, night? I think they are New Year's Eve night. Are they really? Um, well, all right, we got to look this up real quick. Yeah, this is this is easily verifiable. <laughs> we don't have to go into we, the we, uh, yeah, archives to, for this one. All right, let me get the. All right, you go first. <laughs> okay, I am now getting into the bowl games. Here we go. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, for all those that are interested, um, Western Carolina, Western Kentucky beat Old Dominion 38-35 in overtime today. <laughs> I'm sure everybody's on the edge of their seat on that one. Bowl games. I'm trying to find bowl games. It won't let me. Here we go. Okay. Yes, you are right. I am wrong. Monday, January 1st. Okay. Uh, the Rose Bowl is Alabama and Michigan, and the Sugar Bowl is Texas and Washington. And it looks like the Rose Bowl is at 5, and the Sugar Bowl is at 845. That's awesome. So, That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, what a great way to end the holiday run with a Monday night doubleheader, you know. Right. And I'm with you. I think the games are going to be tremendous. I do, too. Um, and, you know, we belabored the point last time, but if Florida State is in that game, that Michigan Florida State game would oh, just would, be a bloodbath. They would bath. win by 28. Bloodbath. Watch just for all those fans out there that are tr- chomping for Florida State. Maybe you're right. Um, let's see how they play against Georgia. Oh, they're going to get destroyed. I assume they're going to get destroyed. Crushed. So, yeah. Yeah. They're going to have like 30 total yards. Yeah. No, it's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. So, so. we'll see. Maybe all I'm right. wrong. All right. Well, hey, go Caps. Go Terps. Go Mountaineers. And shout out to App State for winning uh, the Cure Bowl, which was maybe one of the worst bowls ever because it was played in a fucking monsoon. You couldn't even see. Holly and I went to a bar to watch it. You couldn't even see the field like half the game. It was. I mean, it was a monsoon in, in Orlando. What's your buddy's name? Sean. Sean. Uh, I'm sure he looked. And he, he he has that smug look to begin with. So he, he was, was jumping up. I mean, they the he's a media fucking darling man because he's. Just, Big, big motherfucker. Yeah, He's dude. Like jumping up and down. I mean, the game, it was like 13-9. <laughs> like you couldn't see shit. You couldn't hold on to the ball. Snaps were going everywhere. That's but hilarious. Was, I mean, it was, That's it, crazy. it was a terrible game. Watched by like three people, but I watched it. Hey, hey, man. The bowl season's upon us. I love it. I love just on a random Tuesday afternoon. I look down. I'm like, oh, shit. Somebody's playing right That's now. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's good shit, man. Well, hey, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All that good stuff from Wings, Beers, and Tears. We don't catch you before the new year. Happy New Year. Be safe. Have fun. Go Caps. Go Turtles. <laughs> Peace.